everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Now here's your host, Brent Evans. All right, welcome to the EXO Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you thrive in life and in love. We love coming to you every week. We're having a great time today talking about friendship and marriage. And you guys probably know them from our Skype session. If you watched that podcast last year, Dave and Ashley Wills, they're in from Augusta, Georgia. Welcome. Right. Thank you. Thanks Glad to be here. Good live to, good to be and here. in person. Live this time. Yeah. Live and in person. We're really moving up. It's, it's awesome. great to see. You look good on TV, but you also look good in person. It's just really kind of fun to see face to face. Thank you. I, I look taller on TV, so I prefer that. But it's good to be live, too. <laughs> yes. It's good to be here, too. If not better in person, really. That's how you're trying to say. That's right. That's we're right. talking like about that. the EXO Conference. Right before Valentine's Day weekend, we're going to be having our biggest conference of the year at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. We had last week Jimmy Evans on the podcast. It was wonderful. Uh, he's obviously a big deal. He's and a big deal. He's the, deal. the main. Not as big a deal as Karen Evans, but he's a big deal. That's Not right. as big a deal as Karen Evans. She's actually <laughs> right in the studio <laughs> watching what we're doing here. And uh, no, but he had a great um, time last week on the podcast just talking about what he's going to be bringing to the conference. A lot of new sessions, a lot of new topics he's, he's doing. He also kind of downloaded part of their testimony. A lot of people don't know exactly why they got into marriage ministry, but they were, they were at rock bottom. Yeah. And so that's kind of where the ministry was from, uh, founded from. So that was last week, but this week we have a couple of great people on the podcast talking about friendship and marriage. Yes. Also, Ashley Greenwood, she's our Senior Director of Marriage Today, at Marriage Today, yes. talking about EXO Conference. You oversee that entire department of the ministry. It's a big yeah. department. I get to oversee all of our events, conferences, and now our cruise, which we are so excited about. And you all need to come because we, love that. we had a great time in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Although every person I talk to about my job, I always get... Yeah, your job is so hard. Someone has to do it, but it's great. We have a lot of fun here. It's awesome. Yeah. awesome. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people don't see, and you take care of all the – you get your hands dirty, you take care of all the stuff that most people don't appreciate, but we do have a, a big conference coming up. Tell everyone who's coming to the conference, who's speaking, besides Dave and Ashley Willis. So I'll go through the actual schedule of what we've got. Uh, so we're starting off Friday morning, which is new to us, actually doing the full-day conference. Um, so we're starting off with Jimmy Evans, the best. Uh, then we also have Tim Ross, who has been our MC, and now he's also going to get to do a session, which I think is going to be great. He's a pastor uh, for so many years, and it'll be great to hear his heart. Uh, Craig Rochelle's coming to us all the way from Oklahoma. Um, that's all in the morning. Then we'll take a lunch break. Then we've got George and Tondra Gregory, Clayton and Ashley Hurst, and Ryan and Selena Frederick. That's going to be some new speakers to our audience, so I think everyone will enjoy hearing from them. Uh, we've really tried to just like power pack every session that people are coming into. Uh, then we've got an afternoon break. The evening we have Jimmy Evans, Max Licato, Jefferson Bethke. So again, so full. Uh, the next morning we've got uh, Miles McPherson, Dave and Ashley Willis. We'll be so happy to hear you on Saturday morning. Uh, Jimmy's going to do another session, and then people actually get to see Karen with Jimmy as we do our vow renewal, which is always so special and a great closing to the time. So going to be great. A day and a half. People are going to be so full, but yes. so happy. And well, the Gregories. Some people don't know who the Gregories are necessarily, but they're certified partners at Marriage Today. They came and mm-hmm. did our certification course. And he's a chaplain for the Los Angeles Chargers. Nice. Wow, and so cool. he works in that. He was with the Jets before, and then they moved to the West Coast. Great couple. Both of them, they have a marriage ministry, too, that they work uh, and do. Uh, so I'm excited about them, the, the Fredericks, the Fierce Marriage couple. I always yeah. refer to them as a Fierce Marriage couple. They've done a great job of kind of a setting that as their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're known to a lot of people, uh, I think, outside, you know, even the circles that I run in. Um, they've got a huge following. Oh, yeah. I think that they'll do a great great job. They They will do great. Y'all are probably social media friends. We are. We're we're buddies online. Exactly. Excited (laughs) to meet them in real life. Yeah, to meet them in person. I always love to look as we're looking at, like, marriage content or tips uh, in the space. Now it's, like, all of our friends. We Mm -hmm. see you guys all the time, Dave. You're quoted all the time, like, Mm -hmm. one of the top ones, which is awesome. And, of course, y'all have your Facebook page, which is always growing. Well, and even most Mm -hmm. of the stuff I get credit for saying is something Ashley said. Not true. Not true. It needs to be (laughs) Ashley and Dave Willis, not Dave. Dave and Ashley Willis, that's what they're saying first. Right. <laughs> Ashley no, and Dave. Well, we want to hear from you. So you have a session coming up at the EXO Conference. Tease it for, for our audience. Just let them know a little bit of what they can expect. Sweetie, you want to go first? You, you start, sweetie. All right. <laughs> I like the sweeties. So, yes. Sex. <laughs> sex. Sex. You heard it here first. He's not so subtle. I, 
Well, no, we were. We heard him like this. This. I'll just sip on my this water. Teaching one time. I know. I know. And uh, and it was. We were at this Christian event, like ministry event, among other pastors yeah, and their wives. Pastors, all yeah. all adults, and there was this couple, and they were leading a session. And I didn't even know until the end of the session that they had been talking about sex the whole time because they were afraid wow. to say the word. Mm-hmm. They were saying things like intimacy, comfort, encouragement, be together. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I'm oh, like, yeah. are be they together. talking about like a a back rub right now or? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't wasn't sure, but then like I got to the end and I realized, oh, they were talking about sex the whole time, and they were afraid to say it. Yeah. But yeah. we're we're going to actually be talking about. We're going to say it because God yes. made it, and I think somewhere along the way, Christians got scared of using the word. They think, oh no, the devil owns that now. But it, mm-hmm. God made sex. Sex is good. Christian married couples should be having great sex. Mm-hmm. It's an important part of marriage, and we're going to have just a fun, honest, open conversation mm-hmm. about how to enhance the, the sexual intimacy in your marriage. It's good. That's right. It's so good. It's right before Valentine's Day weekend. So, guys, yes. if you want to encourage your spouse to get a little bit better at sex right before Valentine's Day, or women, if you need your man to get a little bit better at sex right before Valentine's Apparently Day. Apparently you're getting tips as well. So. That's right. Uh, we you, add that to your sermon. And you have a new book com- coming out. It's actually out called The Naked Truth About Sex and Marriage. Mm-hmm. That's right. The most exciting part of the book is that Brent Evans' name is on the front mm, as like the that. lead endorser. Yes. Mm-hmm. So How's that worked out for you so far? It's been amazing. It's been great. It's like, <laughs> your name's above ours. Well, yeah, Evans on the <laughs> cover. That's not Jimmy Evans? Oh, but it's Brent Evans. That's fine. That's no. good. <laughs> it's pushing him. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It really is a good book. Um, I was actually rereading it, uh, going through it for the podcast. And I, again, just so practical, so many good, useful things. I, I read a little brief little line, too, about... Some people think that sex is just for procreation purposes. Mm-hmm. How could you think that that would just be the only reason? And yeah. now that you're engaged, Ashley just got engaged. Yay! Ashley Greenwood just got engaged Yay! on Thank Friday. You. Yeah, I not even like, a week. Yes, you're all, you're preparing for the moment. Oh yes. So it's that all, ring is impressive right now. Thank I think people gorgeous. people will be able to see that even through the Thank radio. You. It's like really really <laughs> nice and shiny. It's Thank beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Her fiance did a great job you proposing, did. keeping it a secret. That's awesome. It's an exciting time. But yes, at Marriage Today, we talk about sex all the time. And you're, trying to, you're, trying to, you're trying to change oh, the segue? subject. I thought I was tying <laughs> you're it in. But, okay. I was going to say that the exit <laughs> conference for you this year will be very special because you'll be getting married. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a lot of good stuff coming up on the podcast. We'll be talking to you all more about friendship and sex in the next segment. We'll also be getting questions to you from Facebook. People were excited about y'all being on the podcast. They wanted to ask you a few serious sexual questions. I hope you can handle them. We'll throw all the tough ones to Ashley. She's going to get, (laughs) she'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. Sex can get a little awkward sometimes. I don't want to know everybody's deepest, darkest secrets when it comes (laughs) to the bedroom stuff. It does kind of open a door. Sometimes, you know, we're a marriage ministry, so we want to help people, Mm -hmm. but then it's very detailed, you know, questions and answers, so. That's okay. That's what y'all are here for. That's right. <laughs> y'all did a Facebook Live, too, on that. I thought y'all were really brave because that's really putting stuff out there. But y'all yeah. did great. Thank you. It's awesome. We try to just be real and honest about it. Yeah, just be. We, yeah, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we're always happy to engage in an honest conversation mm-hmm. about it. Was that the one people. that was in y'all's bedroom with y'all's robes on? <laughs> that's the one. With, uh, okay. Yeah. I saw the one in the car, so <laughs> right. no, we talk about it all we the time. We just it talk about car. it wherever, you know, <laughs> whenever we want. Well, every time we like to talk about our friends at Datebox. These guys are awesome. We, I got an email today. My date box is on the way. I got my last one in December. This one is coming for January. It's a new year. My wife and I are excited about it. We, we love doing date nights anyway. We, we have a weekly date night. We try to go to a restaurant or do something together. But this actually brings us a new way to have date night. Go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST. You'll get your first month for free. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. Date nights are great. Absolutely. Awesome. Make it a priority. Yes. Well, these guys make it easy for you. So go to getdatebox.com. Use the promo code EXOPODCAST. We'll be right back with Dave and Ashley. Always be honest with each other. Secrets and lies are the enemies of intimacy. And a verse that we have that, we, that goes directly with this is Genesis 2.25. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. And you know, when, when we read this verse, for those of you who heard naked and you're with us for the first time, welcome back. Yeah, you said naked and you half up, the guys right? like perked naked, up. What? like, what? Yeah. Where? You know, it, okay. it's, so it's we're a, glad you're here. It's a great Bible verse. It, it is. You know, we love hearing the word naked. Being naked and being married is awesome, right? And of course, they're talking about the physical 
nakedness there. But we believe, you know, when, when, when God was talking about this, when he was designing marriage and he said they were both naked and felt no shame, he's talking about them being naked on a spiritual level as well. Having what we like to refer to as a naked marriage where there are no lies between them. There are no secrets. There's no hidden bank accounts. There's no secret cell phones. There's no friends on Facebook they don't want their spouse to know about. There's nothing that we hide from our spouse because when we do this, we don't have the kind of marriage that God wants us to have. Yeah, the, the, the level of your honesty is always going to determine the level of your intimacy in marriage. Mm-hmm. And the moment you find yourself keeping secrets from your spouse, then you're already outside the bounds of that covenant that God created. Your marriage is no longer naked. I think God intentionally painted the picture of that first marriage before there was sin, before there was anything getting in the way. And he told us they were naked, not just to paint the picture of the importance of physical intimacy in marriage, but to paint the picture, as Ashley said, of being naked emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Nakedness is, is a picture of saying, I've got nothing to hide from you. There's nothing up my sleeve. I'm not even wearing sleeves. There's nothing that I'm hiding from you. And so if you want your marriage to go to that next level, then take what we call the secret-free guarantee. It's saying, I'm not going to keep anything from you, and there's no question that's off limits. You can ask me anything, and I want to do my best to give you an honest response. All right, welcome back to the EXO Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today, a podcast designed to help you thrive in life and in love. We're talking about friendship and marriage with special guests, Dave and Ashley Willis. Hey, Brent. Thanks for having us. Yes, it's Hey, this is a pleasure. It really is because y'all are friends. We, uh, we love spending time with you. I've gotten to know you over the last year and just feel a real kindred spirit with you. I know. I, I, it, it, is, it is mutual. Yes. <laughs> Bromance. And so we, uh, we actually went to lunch today before the podcast. My wife joined us. Stephanie did. And uh, my wife and I, we, we were friends before we got married. And so we developed a friendship. And I know how important it is in our marriage that we're friends, that we actually like to be around each other. We make each other laugh. We kind of... Uh, can figure out what each other loves and can play to that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about friendship and marriage. How important is it to have a strong friendship with your spouse? I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's it's just vital to a thriving marriage because you're spending every day together. Many are raising kids together, and you know, if there's not this friendship at the base, it can just make it can make it really hard because you know there's going to be hard times in our marriage inevitably. And when you have that friendship at the base, I feel like it makes those hard times not so hard because you're facing it together and you have this mutual, you know, friendship and respect for one another. And you actually, I mean, you just want to be like, like to be around each other. You know, I see so many couples where that's not necessarily the case and it's just painful. It's painful to watch. It's painful to be around them. But when there's that friendship at the base, you know, I feel like you can get through anything. It's so true. I mean, it's, because if you're not best friends, what happens is you gravitate to your own thing. And it's like, she right. has her friends, he has his friends, she has her hobbies, he has his hobbies. Not that there can't be any of that, but you're just going to end up leading two separate lives. Mm-hmm. And you end up with a couple that they might say they love each other, but it's clear they don't actually like each other. Mm-hmm. They, don't, mm-hmm. they don't enjoy being around each other. And the, the strongest marriages, I'm convinced, are between two best friends. It's between two people mm-hmm. who, yeah, they, they love each other, they have the romance part, but but at the foundation of that, there's this friendship where... They're, they they just they like to play together and to cut up together and to do new things together and right. yeah and if that's not happening in your marriage it can it just it takes it takes intentionality and it takes effort. Well, let's go let's go dive let's dive deeper into that because there are probably some people out there that are like I just don't like my spouse. Right, I can't stand them. <laughs> Everything about them, you know, and um, they got married for whatever reason. They they mm-hmm. they had some whim of a romance that led to a quick engagement in marriage, and they really didn't, most people don't think about one of the biggest decisions of their life <laughs> a whole, you know, long time. And so, the, but now they're in this relationship, and they've, they've built a life together, but they don't like each other. So coach, coach somebody like that through the first couple of steps of getting back on track, like getting their marriage to a place where it could even begin to foster some friendship feelings. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, it's just painful to watch. And we certainly, you know, have worked with many couples where that's the case. I think it really starts with just communication. I think it just starts with talking to each other. You think about growing up, you know, in your childhood, the people you became best friends with, you were talking to them on a daily basis. You were spending time together. And that's exactly what married people need to do when they've kind of hit a rough spot and they look at each other and they're like, I don't even know if I really like you, you know, right now or if we have much in common. So I think just talking and getting to know each other again, because sometimes, especially in the 
midst of raising kids and working and everything that, you know, all the responsibilities we have, we can lose sight of that. We can lose sight of, of just the friendship that could be there because we're just so busy. And so I think just sitting down and talking and really listening to what your spouse has to say and, and trying to find some common ground that doesn't have to do with finances or kids or all the business of being married, mm-hmm. just finding that, that thing that you can cling to. And you'd be surprised what you find out when you really listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your spouse is much more interesting than, than you believe. I, I think anytime we're bored in our marriage, it's not because our spouse is boring. It's because we're not pursuing them the way mm-hmm. that they need and deserve to be pursued. We're not, we're not making the effort. And so, like Ashley said, communicate, but not just about what she calls shop talk. You know, mm-hmm. just I think some couples say we talk all day, but it's just the logistics of when are you picking up the kids, what bills need to get paid, and you're operating just sort of like two disconnected business partners who are mm-hmm. sharing one, you know, one roof instead of two best friends who get to share this journey together. And so you need sometimes you just need to reframe the way you're approaching things and say. What would life look like? How would it look differently if we approached it as best friends mm-hmm. instead of just two disconnected people? Yeah, people get selfish. They don't mm-hmm. want to. They don't want to do something that they don't want to do. And so, if they're one of their spouses into, let's say, football mm-hmm. or into hunting, or I'm talking about, there could be a woman out there that's into football and hunting. I'm not just talking right. about the male, but something that maybe you just don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, get off your rear end and go do <laughs> it with them, and you'll you'll find that that's where they'll be the most open and honest with you. I mean, so many people just won't even cross the street with their spouse because they don't want to go to the other side for whatever reason. Right. And they miss an opportunity to build that, that friendship and relationship. So I, I'd encourage couples out there to, you know, take a risk at doing something outside of your comfort zone. If it blesses your spouse and it'll, it'll lead Absolutely. to good things. Also men like to talk after sex. Yeah. I, I have heard and I've found, and I'm a man. So after you have <laughs> sex with your spouse, you know, a lot of times you're like, connected to them and yeah. it's a good it's a good time for for a wife to say how are you feeling like, mm-hmm. what are you what are you thinking about because a man at that moment feels very secure because normally mm-hmm. when she asks what are you thinking about he's thinking about sex that's right so once you've like so you gotten that, that out of the way <laughs> it opens up to this amazing conversation of wow there's all these other things happening in my yes. brain now that i want <laughs> to process has just been taken out that's right. you can totally let's, let's, really? let's talk <laughs> <laughs> no but it is true and so we we love talking about friendship and marriage, but, but also sex is a big component about being good friends and being, mm-hmm. spending time together. So talk to the couples about, you know, sex and really the, the integral part it plays in the relationship when you're, you know, talking, communicating, but men think about sex and women like it too. I feel like it anchors couples together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just kind of dive into that whole world and in your book that y'all, y'all just released the naked truth about sex and marriage. You put mm-hmm. naked in anything and oh, a yeah. man's going to read it. Yes. <laughs> You know, the, well, one of the first Bible verses about sex and about marriage has the word naked in it. God made them naked and they were they were unashamed. And it's this beautiful picture of that nakedness that exists between a husband and wife. And it's not, God put that picture of nakedness in there, not just for the physical aspect, even though sex itself is so important, but because he wants us to be naked in all ways, emotionally. Um, you know, it, it, nakedness is a picture saying, I have nothing to hide from you. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons why nakedness and specifically sex is such an important part of your marriage and that friendship in your marriage is because it's total transparency. It's total vulnerability. It's saying, I've got nothing to hide from you. Like I'm naked in every way, physically, emotionally. Um, you have full access to every part of my mind, my heart, my life. And that forges and bonds a husband and wife together in such a beautiful way. And so if, if a husband and wife are neglecting that God-given gift, that aspect of their marriage, really they're, they're putting up barriers that are, that's blocking that nakedness and that connection and that friendship. And so, yeah, I, I think the more you prioritize the sexual intimacy in your marriage, honestly, the, the, the better friends you will become with your spouse because it's not just a physical act. It's this sacred, emotional, spiritual, on every level, it's a way to connect together. Mm-hmm. It's good. I, I want to get back up and talk about something real quick. Um, talking about friendships, you know, uh, we had a conversation before the podcast about how the, the Facebook page that y'all have, Marriage, it's, it's uh, so well-branded as just marriage. And it's really <laughs> genius. It honestly Very specific. Is. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there was one post that really kind of got y'all off the ground, and it was yeah. about, you tell it, Dave. You tell the story way better than I do. Well, it, it was just simply about, being very careful about having opposite sex friends. And then, you know, Ashley's developed that thought and and written blogs about this, which have become some of the most popular blogs that either of us have ever written about how, when, when you develop close intimate relationships with someone of the opposite sex, that's not your spouse, 
it can really become a dangerous, slippery slope. And so you've written about this. You want to talk about? Oh, absolutely. It's just one of those things where I think it starts innocently, especially when a husband and wife aren't being vulnerable with one another. We still have that desire to be vulnerable with someone. And so what happens is you go to work, maybe as a woman, you know, there's this guy that you find easy to talk to. You feel like you're kindred spirits. And before you know it, you're talking and sharing more with this man that you do and ever have with your husband. And it kind of starts binding your hearts together. And naturally how we're made, you know, with the opposite sex is, is it, wants to become, we want to become physical. It's, it's like just taking it to the next step. And so we hear from so many couples where this, it happens this way. It starts innocently. They're just looking for friendship. And before they know it, they're in a hotel room somewhere with this person and they have just, you know, committed, they had an affair and they never intended on getting there. They never thought it would take them there, but that's what, what happens. And when we shared that post, you know, we had all kinds of people saying, yes, this busted up my marriage. You know, thank you for speaking on this. I wish I had known this. But then we had a lot of people get very angry and say, that's so close-minded. You know, my best, we are, my best are... friend is, you know, a man or my friend's a woman and it's not a big deal. And, but then, you know, I'm just telling you all, it's it's messing with fire. It's mm-hmm. just messing with fire. And there's really, where can this friendship go? You know, where where can it go? And I just think it really challenges the friendship between a husband and wife. And I, I just think that anytime, you know, we need to really put boundaries in place. And anytime we're, we're saying something to someone of the opposite sex that we would not want our spouse to hear and be standing right next to us, then we're obviously in a danger zone. Or if we're in a room alone a lot at, at the workplace or wherever, at the gym, with this person of the opposite sex, that's a danger zone. I mean, there's just no good place that can go. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we share this not to be harsh or closed-minded. We share this because we've seen it bust up marriages it's more so times than I like to yes. tell you. Yeah, I mean, is. it's just dangerous. And it's honestly disrespectful to your spouse. And I know that people, if you're listening to this right now and you have a close friend of the opposite sex, I know that that's not your intention. But I just want to warn you and just say, you know, really think about if this friendship is worth it and if there's any lines that are being crossed here because it's just something that I would just hate to see bust up your family or hurt your marriage um, deeply and, uh, and, and hurt your spouse. So really think about, about your friendships, not only of the opposite sex, but all friends. You know, all of our friends need to be pro-marriage for our marriage, for, for us, for our spouse. And if they don't love God and love you and love marriage, then they probably don't need to be your friend anyway. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a prude and I'm not like, totally legalistic about everything in my life, but there are, that is dangerous. Yes. And I was planning a surprise party for my wife last year, but I need to get her friends involved, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I find it awkward to mm-hmm. even text her friends, so I would, I would copy their husbands in yes. on the text thread. I don't want to have a conversation with somebody else's wife, right. even if it's totally, totally innocent, me trying to plan a, a surprise party. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, you know, there, was a, there was a time where my wife was on Facebook and an old friend of the opposite sex just I am her and mm-hmm. and I knew the guy and it was fine it was I don't, there was no threat there mm-hmm. but it made me feel weird I told him I was like that's yeah. real weird mm-hmm. that he's you know just out of the blue I am in yeah. you not me but you right. and striking up that conversation and it was fine I just I I don't want somebody else to get the wrong idea of what my intentions are so I'm always about being in the open being honest so the people listening out there if you if you've got a friend that's of the opposite sex just have conversations with yes. your spouse involved or yes. with another right. person that's got accountability to it. It's not like you can't be friends with them. You just can't go and spend one-on-one time it's the one-on-one. With, yeah. a, with somebody of the opposite sex because it right. definitely leads to a place where you either open up to, to this person something that you would not share with your spouse, and that mm-hmm. leads to a, a moment. It just takes one moment of temptation right. or of weakness. Uh-huh. And you know, then if, you, if you're drinking or if you're doing anything else, right. it just adds to that. You're looking at some, a situation where you didn't intend for it, right. but you were just sliding down that slippery slope yep. because you didn't put some, some measures in place. To now, an affair yourself. isn't one huge bad decision. It's a thousand small bad decisions right. that leads up to that one huge bad decision. And, yeah, you just have to be so careful when you get down that road. And, honestly, it can happen to any of us. There's none of us that are immune. We always have to be on our guard. We have to, to really think about our actions and what we're doing because, like you said, I mean, you know, Brent was saying, it, if there's any moment of weakness, and we all can go through those moments. You know, we can be frustrated with our spouse, and maybe we run to that friend of the opposite sex, and we just want someone to talk to and process it with because he's a man, you know, like your husband. And, and so it's innocent, but it just ends up it ends up just going down a road that, nobody ever intends to go down. And so that's why we warn against it. But yeah, if you can be couple friends and, you know, have that, like you said, tag your spouse, you know, or put them in the conversation, if it's a text or something, it just really puts those safeguards in place. It makes you beyond reproach so that you can't find yourself 
in that kind of situation. And, you know, these may seem like drastic things to do, but honestly, you know, we have to be willing sometimes to do things that maybe seem bizarre to the rest of the world, but it's there to protect our marriage. Mm -hmm. So true. Speaking of bad decisions, um, why do people make sex tapes? Or take pictures of themselves oh, nude and send it to their oh, I don't, I don't know. know spouse. I, I think I think some people have too much self esteem. You know, I think they're like, <laughs> I just want I want to record the way I look right. And, I don't know. I've never that the thoughts never entered into my mind. Well, I'm not talking about Paris Hilton. I'm talking about real people, <laughs> even Christians that love to, you know, right. do that and the the dangerous places that other people can see that stuff. Yes. They can't oh, you yes. guys, whenever you record anything, a picture, a video, it is out there forever. Yes. forever. You can think yeah, forever. <laughs> you can think you're erasing it or whatever. It's not erased. It's not. No. It's no. always there. I'm the, surprised. I'm shocked. The cloud. Yes. There's the, the amount of people the that ever would. all seeing cloud. The cloud. I don't even know what it is, but it's where stuff ends up. And you, you when you record something, yeah, you, you don't have control over it. No. You really, right. you might think that you do, but you you don't. And, and that's so scary. You, yeah, yeah, and so it's just for a hundred reasons or more, it's a bad idea. You no know, couples think, oh, but it's it's just just for us uh, for I don't know how they they justify it, but it it's just not good. Sure. You just wouldn't want it to end up, you know, in the wrong hands, and it very well could. And so I just would warn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's couples out there, and I don't want to judge them if they do this because that's right. fine. But th- there may there may be a a couple that really that's that's how they develop intimacies. They like right. to perform and then watch it. We talked about John Madden. Uh, we got this circle here. I, I'd like to see you kind of move a little closer to right the, instant uh, replay. Oh, I could have done better on that. <laughs> yeah, really. Sorry, uh, but. Get a camcorder, something that's not con- right. and connected to the digital world. You know, and they're a married couple, it's fine. But yes, I agree with you. Like the camcorder idea, so it's not up in cyberspace and yes. for everyone to access. But even that's a little awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want a camcorder on. on... Yeah, <laughs> no. I'm not that confident. <laughs> so we're talking about the EXO conference today too. You'll have a session coming up for the EXO conference, and you'll have a new book out, "The Naked Truth About um, Sex and Marriage." Talk a little bit more about the book. How can people find it? Like, what, what's what's the latest with the book? And um, y'all doing a big tour? Y'all going around the around the country, the, around the world? This is part of the, the naked tour right here. Oh, this is like naked it. tour. It's you then yes. Oprah. And, uh, <laughs> no, uh, but thank thank you for Brent. Your name's on the front of the book, of course. So thank you for that glowing endorsement. We appreciate. We just appreciate your partnership. It's heartfelt. It, yeah, yes. I appreciate it. But yeah, it's um, it's on Amazon. The, the the most fun part of the whole journey is we made it into an audio book, and so us. Recording it together, and you know, in a setting like this, reading through it uh, with a dear friend who was producing it, that I just kind of have to keep apologizing for. It's like, man, you're going to blush on this part. I'm sorry. It's the three of us sitting here talking about sex for five hours, mm-hmm. but uh, it was so much fun to just share that together and talk through it. I think it that was. the audiobook part was the most fun because it was such an honest conversation that we got to have as we read through that book together. And we just hope it helps couples have those conversations because right. we found so many couples, they don't know where to begin to talk about these issues. They might feel, they, they, they might have their own baggage and their own hangups because of past hurts or body image issues or past abuse or unmet expectations or whatever it is, but they don't know how to verbalize any of that. And so there, there are all these kind of walls that we build up around that aspect of our marriage. And we just wanted to help kind of gently tear down those walls so husbands and wives could open up in an honest, vulnerable way, have some conversations that could lead to more connection both inside and outside the bedroom. And we hope that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it's exclusively, as far as the paperback version, it's exclusively available on Amazon. But then we have the audiobook is available on iTunes and on Audible. Mm. Is that correct? Sweetie? That's right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Will you all be addressing any of those topics at the EXO conference? Oh, yeah. yes. Come to EXO. Yes. We're going we're gonna to talk talk a lot about all of these things and we're, we're really excited to be yeah. able to share you close off the book with some of the the more i guess i don't know how you describe it but um the 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 questions that people ask that are hard to answer they're they're, they're the hard issues with sex it's the kind of the closing yes. segment of your of your book and so those are good questions i mean a lot of people have issues mm-hmm. in their marriage and they don't know where to turn like you mentioned before mm-hmm. in the podcast some people don't even want to use the word sex right that's they're embarrassed about the word sex i mean people mm-hmm. don't talk about it but y'all talk about it openly and honestly mm-hmm. that's why i love it we've got yeah. some questions coming up the next segment from facebook for you awesome. can't wait hope you're yep. prepared for it but <laughs> first it we're going to talk about the newlywed game we're going to do the Yay! xo newlywed game Yay! right now with dave and ashley willis okay awesome the first time we've ever done this there is a prize you get to not be embarrassed. Yes. I, I'm interested <laughs> to see what he has to say. Oh, I'm in, yeah, this would be fun. <laughs> so this is the XO Newlywed Game. We're going to do it right now. We have some questions for Dave. 
Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions, and you're going to hold up the card in front of you. Oh, wait, are those And we're going to see. Do I hold so these up? Okay. These thanks. are questions that you wrote. Uh-huh. You answered for Ashley. You're going to see if right. you got the right answer. Okay. What is Ashley's favorite type of food? Okay. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. I, I, I probably misinterpreted the question. <laughs> because now thinking about it, it sounds more like a, a category of food. But I want very specific. And her favorite I'm I don't know what he said. thing that um, that she's been liking lately is is a mushroom pizza. Oh, I do like mushroom pizza. You just had it at lunch. Oh, I did have it at lunch. <laughs> I know. I thought he, I thought that was a sure giveaway. But but it's not what I said. What did you say? I said sweet. Oh. Yes. Because I really have a sweet tooth, so. She does, but. But I do like mushroom pizza, too. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so where was your first date? Waffle House. Pure class. High spender, high roller. If you lose that W, it's the, it's the awful house. Yeah, awful waffle is what we like to call it, but we love it. We love I, and I played, uh, I played My Girl on the jukebox and sang it to her, even though I can't sing. Was it two in the morning? We were pra- first date, it, two it in the morning? It was like, we were in college, we, we were it probably both, was like one or two in the morning. We were both totally sober, if you yes, weren't totally. asked. Yes, And we were practically engaged by the end of that waffle, so. We were. It is kind of a magical place. They just, we have, we had one magical, with Grapevine. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we love you it. think about Waffle House and everybody knows what Waffle House yeah. is because mm-hmm. of the colors and the ambiance and the, the menus. The health like, code violations and the, the sticky uh, menus. No, yes, yeah, the sticky menus <laughs> where you can cleaned ever. order a steak and some hash browns and whatever you want. No, we love it. Which one of your kids has the best sense of humor? You know, they're all funny. Yes. Um, I would have to say Connor, our second yes. one, is, is ding, like... Ding, ding. He is so funny. He he could be a comic. He is just a funny kid. He gets kid. that from Dave, for sure. Oh, stop. He does. All right, where would Ashley say she had the best vacation with you? I would say that would have to be Ireland. Yes. Good job. And it was awesome. And I want to go back. I watched y'all <laughs> fill out these separately, so that's good job. Yeah. Two in a row. Three in a row. Good job. Three in a row, yes. Waffle House, Connor, Ireland. I forgot you about Waffle it. House. Yes. I was already forgetting about Waffle House. <laughs> what state best encapsulates... Ashley, the state I, and the union. I yes. would have to say, based on how much she enjoyed it on a road trip we did I this year. Think you got it. Montana. Montana. Yay. Y'all are so great Love together. It. Did I get the right card? Yes. Okay. Okay. These are questions for Ashley now. Where was your first kiss? It was Night Hall, which was a dorm outside of Night Hall at Georgetown College in Georgetown, Kentucky. Yeah, it was in front of her dorm at Georgetown College. And on it, a cold night. And I, she had, it, there was so much buildup to this kiss because she had had this, this oral surgery that was like a kissing chastity belt that, like, she couldn't, <laughs> I did, I she did. She couldn't be, like, touched, on, like, on the face <laughs> for so long. And so by the time we finally got to the kiss, like, it had, it, it, it's like it, there was all this buildup and pressure. And then I wasn't sure, like, how much pressure it could have. So it was the it, on my part, like I was the worst because I, I was I was like, <laughs> it's like I can't like even That's reenact how bad it was. I was just, but it was you know it led to many better kisses. I, knew you were I got better. Yeah. I got better. But you were like her personal trainer for her. Yeah. Right. I was like I don't I don't know how it much. Was so worried about how much it was, it was little. That's good. Yeah. Good apply. answer. Awkward. You guys are knocking these out. Okay. What comic character best describes Dave? I would have to say Superman. Superman. No way. Oh, my gosh. I knew. I think it's just well, that she you wants. you want to tell the backstory? Right. So yeah. when one of the Superman movies came out. The new, well, Man it's the newest Steel, Superman. Like the one who's or, the newest okay. one. She had, like, she wouldn't admit it, but she had, like, this this crush on <laughs> Superman. Just, like, something about a guy in tights. Well, I don't know. Let me, let me just say, and, my son, I was watching the movie, or look, we were looking at the cover before we put the movie in, and my son was like, he that is disgusting. He, he is a, disgusting. He has his shirt off. That's disgusting. And I said. And Ashley was like, she was like. <laughs> Totally just responded. She was like, that is not disgusting. You know? so, so that is God's like, perfect creation. That is not disgusting And so then I think to help justify her lust, she, <laughs> she found, oh, it's just that he looks so much like you. Yeah. Uh, now let so me say I, this, though. Dave so, literally cut out the Superman on the front 
and put it on my mirror like I was a teenage girl just to <laughs> and taste I, me and about I, it. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I, I taped it up on her mirror and, it, and, all, and I wrote a little note that said, that not, is not, not disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> then, but she always said, like, no, it's because he looks like you. He does you. kind of look like you. He so does. I'm like, but if I get tights, you know, my, my love handles look very prominent in tights. And so, like, it doesn't look right. There's no room to hide in tights. Yeah, you know, there's, <laughs> right. There are no secrets. That's there are right. no secrets. And so you have to dress for your body type. And that's not, but Superman. Yes. I'm glad you got that one. All right. If you, ha- if you asked your husband to cook dinner one evening, which dish would he prepare? Frozen pizza. Frozen pizza. Yes. And it's yeah. really just I, I, because... Time out. Okay. I did watch y'all. <laughs> we told... I had Were y'all no texting idea. each other at the time? No. I, I promise. It. We were not. We were not. Are we're y'all just that, in sync. We're like, just like, okay, I'm sending I, the answer. Honestly, he just really likes frozen pizza. <laughs> it's what I make. It's my go-to thing. <laughs> That's nice. Okay. It's, like, it's just that I don't have a broad repertoire. <laughs> what do you put on your tombstone, Dave? <laughs> what is the first thing Dave would buy if he played and then won the lottery? Well, we love to travel, so I just put many vacations. Oh, you know, that's what I was going to put. Yes. Because we do love to travel, and that was probably the right answer. I, I put land. Because oh, of, we have been talking about buying land. Yeah, so that was a good, so one. We were, was a good one. It was one of those two. Yes. A lot of land in Texas. <laughs> what is Dave's favorite TV show? This is a hard one because he has a lot a of one, yeah. good ones, but I would say... The tried and true office. The office. Oh, yes. Because you love the office. It is. And he's often told he looks it like is. Steve Carell and kind of acts oh, like no, him. No, that's totally what I put. Steve but like. Kind yeah. of acts like him. Well, like being she, silly. She knew my right. favorite yeah. show better than me. I put Saturday Night Live, which I don't oh, even really love that watch that much anymore. But yeah. The Office. We don't stay up that late. I've been if binging. If I got a do-over, I would go back to The Office. <laughs> I've been binging The Office on, on it's Netflix. It's so good. No, she it's, was right on that one. We watched it like three, like the whole series yes. like three times. I missed so. my own favorite show on that one. <laughs> she was right. That's pretty great. Hey, good job, guys. Uh, XO, newlywed game. You knocked it out of the park. I think y'all were eight out of ten. <laughs> I had to keep Maybe, score. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. All right, we're going to come back, ask them some questions from the Facebook audience. Y'all ready for this? Bring it on. All right, we'll be right back. In the laws of marriage, the first law is the law of priority. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Okay, leave, this is the word leave in the Hebrew. It just means let go of. You're not mean to them. You don't abuse them. It just means your mom and dad, the most important thing in your life before you got married, now has to have another priority. You've got to reprioritize your life to be married. Marriage only works in first place. And if there's any sense of competition, there cannot be intimacy. Here's what it means. If I have to compete with anything to be first in your life, I will not be able to be intimate with you the way that we're supposed to be intimate. I can't compete. This, this is Genesis 2, 24 and 25. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Well, how do we know that that wasn't only spoken to Adam and Eve? Because they didn't have a mother. Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. It says, for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. They too shall become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. And so God created marriage in this wonderful, intimate environment, and he created these laws to protect intimacy, to promote and protect intimacy in marriage. All right, welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We're having a great time today with David and Ashley Willis, the Facebook couple. The Facebook couple. That just has a a nice ring to it. It It does. It sounds legit. You type in marriage, you guys are there. I know, which is so wild. Like it, it doesn't make any sense other than God has a sense of humor. And but we're we're honored to be able yeah. to connect a lot of people on Facebook. So thank yeah. you guys, those who are listening and watching, who are connected to us online. Your encouragement and your likes and your shares helping get the word out. It means a lot to us. And you actually read the messages coming in. I know we, we talked yeah. about that. Y'all we, have, we really, yeah, we, we really do. do. We read them. Y'all have real time uh, inclusion into the Facebook universe. And today that we have some questions for you from Facebook. Awesome. They're, they're for you. Yeah, okay. bring it on. All right. All right. I'm excited. Okay, if a husband divorces his wife, will her remarriage lead to adultery according to the Bible? Man, you, you could have thrown question. us a softball to like start. No. <laughs> You're just the major like, leagues. That's, that's right. That is the major leagues. You know, I think that the, the Bible 
God hates divorce, first off. Like that, you got to look at what the Bible says. You know, my, my opinion here doesn't count nearly as much as, God, what does your word say? Because that, be, that has to be what we go back to. And we know that God hates divorce because God loves people, and divorce causes so much pain. The Bible gives uh, a, a, few, a few instances where divorce is, is permissible, um, not, not encouraged, you know, but, but permissible. One, one is adultery. I've, I think that a couple, couple that goes through adultery, what I love to see and what I believe God loves to see is restoration, reconciliation, and healing. Um, but that is considered justifiable grounds for divorce, as is abandonment later in the New Testament. Now, the real, the real issue that, that biblical scholars a lot smarter than me will argue on is, okay, if that happens, you're, you're divorced for even biblically justifiable reasons. Is that remarriage considered adultery? And I've, I've heard brilliant, um, you know, people on, on both sides say, like, well, if, you're, if it, it is initially, but then, you know, God wants you to stay in that relationship. I've, I've heard so many different things. What I believe is that God is a God of grace. God is a God of second chances. I look at the, the blended families in the Bible, going mm-hmm. all the way back to the lineage of Jesus, where you know Solomon, who went on and to, to not only become king from David and, and Bathsheba, but became part of the lineage of Jesus himself, that was a blended family that, that was something a lot worse than just divorce and remarriage. It was adultery, then murder, then remarriage. Mm-hmm. You know, the lineage mm-hmm. of Jesus also had uh, at least one prostitute. It had. I just think God intentionally is showing us that that He He is redeeming and restoring and reconciling. You know, families in this this vein of new beginnings. Um, and so, if you find yourself in a second marriage or in a blended family situation, know that God is with you and He's for you, and He wants to He wants to bless you where you are. Um, but that we shouldn't, as a culture be so quick to, to throw away our marriages in the first place, that God is a God that wants us to fight to restore our marriages. I think the best stories are the ones where, where reconciliation and restoration can happen between, you know, between a husband and wife, um, because divorce and remarriage, while it, it can lead to, to, to blessings and grace, mm-hmm. it also carries its own set of very unique difficulties um, that I think that very often God wants to, you know, to, to protect us from having to experience in the first place. So that's a, a long kind of fumbling answer to say uh, there, there are huge books and papers written on this that can ha- give a lot more citation than, than I can give off the cuff, but hopefully that gives a little bit of insight. But if you're in, in a new marriage, if you're remarried, mm-hmm. I find that it's mean, judgmental people that make you feel bad for right. being in a yeah. relationship now, yeah. and it's almost like, okay, so now I'm supposed to divorce my right. new yeah. spouse and go back to the other spouse, but I created a new divorce. Right. So now it's like a double jeopardy kind of thing. Yeah, wherever exactly. you're, you're mar- whoever you're married to right now, that, you know, yes. that's your spouse. Be, your spouse. be married to that Do person. Your spouse and fight for your marriage. And God, yeah. Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins. We messed up. It's about being, you know, most people are sorry for, for what they did to cause the divorce. Of I mean, course. most people do not, did not get married to go through the horrific process of a divorce because it is a right. horrific process. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's painful. And so most people just don't do that. They're good people. Mm-hmm. And life happens. You know, you talked about adultery, abandonment, right. abuse, abuse, those sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Um, God does not, I love what my dad says sometimes. He says, God doesn't want to live us to live miserable, Mm-mm. horrible lives. He wants no. us to live set free and to live these great lives. And if you're married to somebody who's abusive, mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't believe that's, now you can redeem that person. Right. I don't think God wants us to sit there and just live 50 years with somebody that's abusive no. or checked out on the marriage or cheating on you. And then you could feel bad for going and finding somebody that will actually treat you good. Right. So good, good answer. Yeah. I, I was going on a soapbox a little bit. <laughs> All right. Next question. Hopefully easier than the, no. <laughs> <laughs> How would you solve world peace? Oh, goodness. <laughs> what do you do if your spouse is c- completely uninterested in sex? She gets very aggravated with this person about asking for it. What is he supposed to do? Ignore his needs from the marriage simply because she isn't interested? That's a good one. I mean, we do we get questions like this all the time about sex. And I would say, I mean, it's important that you talk to each other. And I think that it sounds like this is the wife who's, who's not wanting to have sex, correct, mm-hmm. if I'm understanding that right. It sounds like maybe she's been hurt. There's something going on there where she doesn't feel like she wants to, to get physical with her husband. And I think a lot of times husbands don't realize that sex doesn't start in the bedroom it's everything you do before getting to the bedroom. It's how you talk to your wife and what what little acts of love you do for her if she feels appreciated and respected and loved and adored by her husband. And so I would tell that husband, you know, think about that. Think about are there is there something that maybe is making your wife feel put off by you because 
she's not feeling like you're connecting with her in other ways outside the bedroom. And, and I think too, this couple, I mean, if it's to the point where they're just not having sex, I would definitely, I mean, we are huge proponents when it comes to counseling. I mean, I think that that's, that's a need, you know, to go to counseling and to get to the bottom of the issue. But in the meantime, you know, really think about that. And I would challenge that husband to start doing the things you did in the beginning of the relationship that really just showed your wife that you love her and and give her physical affection that doesn't necessarily lead to sex because then she doesn't just feel like an object, a a sexual object. She feels like the woman that you love, that Mm -hmm. you adore. And uh, that's kind of my two cents about it. What do you think, sweetie? I think that's, that's great advice. I would say, yeah, do all those things. Make sure that you're you're loving your spouse. If you're the one, the spouse that wants to have sex more, you want more frequency. Mm-hmm. Then don't just make it about at pressure all the time on on the other spouse. But right. you know, serve their needs. Every marriage thrives when both spouses are focused on meeting the other's needs, mm-hmm. and not looking at it like, well, I don't need that, so they shouldn't need it either. I think that when you start assigning your needs to your spouse, then that that's we 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 can't do that. You can't say, well, I don't need sex that much, so he shouldn't, or I don't. I don't need to, you know, to do this that much, so she shouldn't. We should say, how can I meet my spouse's need? You know, in First or Second Corinthians, uh, you know, talks about essentially trying to meet the need of whichever spouse has the greater drive as a way to serve and as a way to protect the marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that that one just has to be like this on-demand sex object for the other, right. but it does mean that I think both spouses. This is 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 in all aspects of marriage. Look for ways to step outside your own comfort zone really to serve the needs of each other. And if both people will do that consistently, those are the marriages that really thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, um, women's, men and women, they both change hormonally. I mean, you, yes. you get married, you know, in your 20s or 30s, mm-hmm. and you have a testosterone level or hormone level that's adequate for sex. And then certain things ha- happen. Life, even stress can sometimes affect that. Absolutely. And so many people are unwilling to go to the doctor to mm-hmm. and just kind of scope out and see, hey, do I have something wrong with me that right. makes me not even want to? It mm-hmm. may not even be off-putting, uh, something, something that's off-putting for your spouse, but it may just be that you just don't even have a physical desire there. Absolutely. So have you encouraged couples to go to the doctor and check things out? For sure. I mean, I think that it's so important to just make sure you're healthy because there are, like you said, stress can affect, you know, our, our sex drive. It can be, um, you know, women, when we hit our, I think our mid thirties, we start having lower levels of even testosterone. You know, we have as women, we have testosterone and that really increases sex drive. And so getting, you know, those levels checked, if you're, you know, in menopause, obviously those estrogen levels need to be checked. And so, um, as for just speaking for women here, I do think it would be important. It's as simple as a blood test. I mean, literally it's as simple as going to your doctor saying, can I have a blood test? And then you kind of check out if your levels are low and if they're low, there's things we can do. I mean, there's, there's patches people can wear that up your testosterone or your estrogen levels. There's, um, some more homeopathic methods that you can do. There's, you know, pills. I know men can take testosterone pills, but it can, you know, there's things we can do for sure. And I think the bottom line is if we're not engaging in sex, that is a crisis. Like we need to get to the bottom of what's going on. Don't, don't talk about it first off openly, honestly. And not hatefully. Not hatefully. No, but just talk about it. Like in, in, in a very vulnerable, transparent way, talk about struggles, issues, don't be afraid to go see somebody. I mean, just to be like totally vulnerable. I'm probably going to go see a doctor soon. I feel like, you know, lately with stress and just, I don't know if it's age or stress or what, but I just, I've felt off physically in a way that I feel like it's, it's impacting that aspect of our marriage just with, with my, my own, I don't know if, if, if it's stress or hormones or what, but I, I want to get to the bottom of it. So I'm going to go see somebody. So guys don't, don't ever just say like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, deal with the issue because right. it's embarrassing. Or that it'll or just go away on its right. own. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, with whatever. I mean, like if something's not working in your car, you go to a mechanic. If something's not working, you know, in, in, uh, in, in your arms broken, you go to see a doctor. But if something's not working in, in your marriage, in your sex life, then take action. Don't just assume that it's going to resolve itself because it's, it's an important thing that we have to be proactive about. But I want to say this really quickly, uh, no matter which spouse is going through this, putting extra pressure on your spouse is not the way to do it. No, That's only going to make things worse. The best thing you can do is say, listen, I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm not going to put more pressure on you. I'm just going to come side by side with you and help you through this. I'm going to help you find that doctor. I'm going to help you find that counselor. You know, we will get through this together. And I think, you know, when you take that pressure off, it makes all the difference in the world. So for the husband asking this question, I know he's frustrated. 
you know, especially when, especially when men go a long time without sex, I mean, that completely affect their mood and make them extra frustrated. But I would challenge him to really try to just soften your demeanor towards your, your wife and just really come side by side, come alongside her and just help her get the help that she needs. Can I ask you a follow-up question? Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned this in the book, uh, but is masturbation a sin? I mean, can, if somebody's not getting their needs met, sexual needs met, especially a man who's much more prone to think about it 24-7. Sure, sure. Um, is, it, is it okay, even if the spouse doesn't participate, would you find that masturbation is okay in those environments? And I will say this, that I heard somebody on a radio talk show one time, uh, a wife called in, she was complaining about her husband who masturbated. He was in, in the Army, and mm-hmm. he was overseas, and her, her, the spouse found out that he would been masturbating or whatever and was just completely appalled at it. And this mm-hmm. radio talk show host rebuked this girl. She's like, you sent your husband overseas. He cannot be with another woman, but you're not allowing him to gratify mm-hmm. his needs. I say that, but then I also say that in the book, Every Man's Battle, they talk about sometimes those sorts of things can resolve themselves if you kind of don't feed the beast. Right, right. right. I'm saying I'll just say, is masturbation a sin? You know, here's what I'll say. Like, the Bible doesn't specifically address, you know, masturbation. There's one, like, obscure Old Testament reference to spilling seed on the ground, which is mm-hmm. actually in a different context. It's not masturbation, and I won't preach a whole sermon on that. Um, but it talks a lot about lust. The Bible treats almost all kind of sexual activity at the root, what's happening in the mind, what's happening in the heart. And masturbation is usually, one of the most dangerous parts of it is in marriage or outside is that it's usually lust-fueled. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, pornography can go can link to masturbation, and 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 then next thing we know, we're we're reducing sex when we masturbate often to just an act for our own physical gratification, to where then when we go and try to have a sex uh, like a healthy sexual intimacy with our spouse, in our mind we're still looking at just sexual release, sexual gratification, in in, in that kind of. In those kind of terms, mm-hmm. like it's just I'm now using my spouse as a means to just get quickly to that that sexual gratification, um, you know, for my own for my own relief, my own pleasure. When you're masturbating within marriage as well, um, what it can do is it can do a lot that's that's harmful. One is it it trains your mind to like just you know your own fantasy that often maybe you know your spouse is is not connected to. Um, Two is that you're giving your sexual energy away, something that rightfully belongs to your spouse, so that you're not going to be at your best when it when it comes comes time. Three is that, like you talked about feeding the beast, you know, the body. If you if you just stop, I mean, like if you stop, it it, it will be difficult for a while as your as your body is adapting to the fact now that this release is not being met. But then once once your body kind of recalibrates and you channel all of your sexual energy towards making love to your spouse. I think your sex life, what's your your sex life in your mind and your body and your marriage? It's going to be so much better. So, I feel like every marriage would be stronger if if you're not masturbating. Apart from, I mean, like, I'm not talking about like touching each other with mm-hmm. during the. I'm talking about like when you're what you're doing kind of on your own just to meet your own needs, so to speak. It it really it's going to train yourself to think about sex in a very selfish way. And if you go into to, to marriage thinking selfishly about sex, it's it's gonna it's gonna hurt the marriage in the long run. It's a great answer. I threw you another curveball. That was good. <laughs> That's a good answer. All right. Uh, how do you focus and have fun uh, without the pressure, even when trying to conceive? And so a lot of times, couples, oh, yeah. my wife and I, about four years of tra- trying to have our daughter mm-hmm. Kate, and uh, it was like a job. It was like my mm-hmm. second job. You know, going home and trying to find out what the calendar was and being there. And I mean, just, it became a thing that was on the schedule that I know it sounds stupid, but it got annoying. Well, well, there's pressure to it. Mm -hmm. And so you, you know, something that should be so, and I get that. I get the reasons why, you know, you want to have a child. That's a big deal. Sweetie, you want to tackle this one? Well, I would say people who are doing that, I know it's so important and you got to stick to the calendar when, when, you know, the wife is ovulating. But I think that if you can, you know, do have sex, at the time when she's ovulating, but also try to just have, have it spontaneously other times, you know, try to, to not always only do it on the calendar because then it does become a job. And so if you can just kind of have that, that time to, to devote to it where it's not so, you know, formal, I guess, because you're following calendar, it makes it less so much so. And, um, and then you can have fun with it and take off the pressure. I think the pressure again is kind of the issue there is like, we've, we're trying to have baby, we've got to do it now or we're going to lose that opportunity. 
Yeah, in, in whatever, whenever you're making love, even when it's kind of on a schedule. I think sometimes you have to schedule, even when you're not trying right, to conceive true. a child. Yeah. It's hard to be spontaneous. Life's crazy. You just need to say like, hey, tomorrow night, can we, can we put this on the little <laughs> invisible calendar? But make sure you're having fun. I think that one of the best ways to enhance the sexual intimacy in your marriage and the connection in the bedroom is just to be able to laugh together, to be able to mm-hmm. have fun, to remind yourselves, God made this to be fun. That's why it feels good. So let's let's make sure that we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're never treating it just like a chore or like a job or something that we have to check off the list, but we're we're using this as a way to connect and really have fun and, and be playful. I mean, really, and just la- I, I think there should be laughter in the bedroom. I think that there should be fun in the bedroom. I think so too, and I, I think too that we have to we have to kind of get to the point where we don't take our emotions out of it. I think when you are trying to conceive and you're following that calendar, it, be, it does become an act. But you got to get to the point where. You, you get excited emotionally and romantically about it. And a lot of times that means that we have to take other things off our list that feel like a job. Like I know as a woman, it's hard for me to get in the mood if I feel like my house is a pigsty mm-hmm. and the kids are acting crazy. I mean, like, it's just hard. And Dave knows that. So, it, you know, and I want to be able to be fully present, but I can't if I know everything's crazy, you know. Right. And so he knows that. So as a husband, he'll make it pop. Like, he'll be like, okay, like he starts yeah, putting guys, away laundry or men, he gets the kids occupied chore or whatever. Play. We talked about chore play. Chore yeah, play. Yeah, that's right. Play. Yeah, but those, that makes all things. the difference. So that way it kind of takes you, it doesn't become just the act like, let's get this done. It's just another thing on my list. It makes it, you know, making love instead of just, let, let, let's just have another sex. Another chore. It's on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's good. Good answers. Uh, can a marriage live without sex? This comes in from Instagram. Question okay. from Instagram. Can a marriage live without sex? You know, I, I would say don't test it. Don't test the hypothesis. You know, it's <laughs> now I know that in these in these situations, it might be if there's like a medical issue and mm-hmm. in, in, in sickness and in health kind of issue of, you know, a, a spouse becomes paralyzed or a spouse becomes, mm-hmm. you know, physically unable. Um, and, and in those heartbreaking situations, I think that you have to just find other ways to, to connect physically, emotionally. And you have to you have to work with what you have. I mean, mm-hmm. if you physically cannot then that's a whole creates a whole new new set of challenges that, that each individual couple has to work through on a case by case basis. But if it's two healthy people just just living in a sexless marriage because you know one or both of them thinks, well, this is just the way that it's going to be. Now that that is a disaster. Right. That is something that's going to um, that's going to lead to either a miserable miserable marriage or a divorce. And so you you have to you have to get to the root of the problem of why it's not happening, mm-hmm. and then and then try to resolve those issues. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're talking openly about sex here. I feel like if it's physically that you can't have intercourse, you know, obviously there are other ways to meet each other's sexual needs. And I think that you can't take those off the table. I think that you got to do what you can to stay close to your spouse in that way and to meet their needs because, you know, a husband and wife are the only two people to meet each other's needs. And that's how God designed it. And so we need to do everything we can to meet that need and to stay close and connected in that way. It's good. I got an email from you this week. And the subject line was, is oral sex a sin? Yeah. <laughs> both of you are amazing bloggers, and both of you write online. This uh, particular post, is oral sex a sin? I was sitting there going, uh, I don't know if I want to read this or not. I know. Where is he going with this <laughs> one? <laughs> Lake of fire, oral sex. Uh, probably not that hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not willing to give it up. I don't care what the answer is. But, no, you know, surprisingly, a lot of Christians think that it is. That's why we wrote and it. That's why, they, yeah. they grew up in these kind of legalistic settings and where their parents or their preacher with with probably with good intentions and with you know with an non-biblical because uh, most legalism doesn't come from the bible it comes from you know just like all legalism it's like adding our own rules that aren't actually there mm-hmm. um but believing that no it's in there it's 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 against the bible and it's not you know i've i've read the whole bible trust me it's not it's not in there now i will say that you know, obviously, like any form of sex, it has to happen exclusively within marriage. It's not a, it's not a, a, a moral or ethical substitute for that dating couple that's just looking for, you know, ways to not have intercourse but to stay connected. Yeah. Um, it's it's meant for marriage. If if you know, and it and it needs to require mutual consent, like any kind of sexual activity, and it needs to to really affirm the spouse each other, not mm-hmm. not use each other in like this lust fueled, you know fantasy of trying to relive something you saw in, in pornography or whatever else it had like all forms of, of sex and marriage it has to come from a place of love and wanting to serve each other wanting to connect with each other 
Um, but if those things are happening, I think God gives us an enormous amount of freedom in the bedroom. Just mm-hmm. I think that just to to create and to explore and be fun and innovative and and I don't think that he's up there like calling fouls and blowing this referee <laughs> whistle saying no that's out of bounds. I think that we have a whole lot of freedom as married couples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and I feel like that's part of that the exploration where is perfect because I mean you're you're wanting to be intimate with this person, one with them. The exploration part of that is is the fun. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why would you take that away from somebody who wants to just spend some time with their spouse? And you know, I mean, sometimes guys are in the moment and they just want to kind of get it over with. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think people who've been married long enough they know how to really spend some time uh, enjoying each other. Right. Like you want to enjoy the time together mm-hmm. and not just making an act. So you did a great job of answering some tough questions. <laughs> I think, am I sweating, <laughs> man? Loosen up, man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's over. I was it waiting is. for like the easy one. Like, I, what do you do on a date night? And instead, you're like, what about oral sex and divorce? And, no, this is good. I, I'm glad for the real questions because yes. this is like it's real stuff. He has real stuff, and I mean, that's these are the conversations we're honored to have yeah, we because are. we got to be able to talk about these things. And I'm, I'm honored that you guys are creating such a, a powerful venue through you know through extra through the conferences, the, the podcast, through all of it to allow people to have these conversations. And right. I, I just think it's great. A lot of good people out there just do not know where to turn, what right. to do. They have questions. You know, they're living life, and they're, and they're in marriage, and they want to make it work. And so we're happy to have you guys on to kind of help teach them. It was really good stuff. Check out Dave and Ashley at, at the EXO Conference coming up February 9th and 10th, South Lake, Texas, Gateway Church. Go to exomarriage.com to check them out. Also this month, all month long, $10 off our Vision Retreat journal. If you go online to marriagetoday.com forward slash store, you can find that. My wife and I are actually going on our vision retreat tomorrow. We're going to cool. awesome. take a few days off and spend some time. Yes. It's an awesome opportunity to get together and uh, pray with your spouse, spend some time thinking about the new year. $10 off the vision retreat app and journal this month only. All right, guys, URL for everybody, strongermarriages.com, daveandashley.willis.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've okay. got there's a free there's a free 31-day devotion. You want something... You don't have to do it to start the year, but really any 31-day period. Right. And it's it's free. And these are the Bible verses that have helped us the most in our marriage. And DaveAndAshleyWillis.com, you can get that as just our gift to you. Follow them on Facebook, too. But also check out our feed, exomarriage.com forward slash podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about it. it. really will bless them. And we'll see you next time.